Firefighter wellness isn't just about working out and training for the, quote, big one. It's about being mentally healthy, spiritually sound, and having our nutrition dialed in. When we hear the term diet, we can't help but think of restrictions, like tightening our belt figuratively so we can tighten the belt literally. Megan Lautz is a registered dietitian with a master's degree in sports nutrition who focuses her efforts on members of the fire service and our unique challenges when it comes to making sure that we're taking care of ourselves. She's got a great social media presence and is very knowledgeable and passionate about the community that she serves. In today's episode, we talk about how small shifts in our mindset can make for huge changes, how our diet doesn't have to be restrictive, and we also talk about the taboo subject of energy drinks. Without any further delay, here's my conversation with Megan Lautz. Megan Lautz, thank you so much for coming on the United Firefighter Podcast. I've uh, been kind of stalking your Instagram and stuff because your your nutrition reels are hilarious. So I appreciate that a lot. <laughs> I'm doing my best. Um, as, a, as a registered dietitian, um, I was really curious about what was it that drove you specifically to or interested you specifically in like the uh, the public safety sector? Was it firefighters was it police officers like what was it that that niched you down to uh to our world yeah so i actually didn't like target this down you know um i actually fell into it accidentally um i actually started my career at northrop grumman as a wellness coordinator and i thought that was probably where i was going to be for the rest of my career until they cut the contract and laid off 40 some coordinators across the country Um, So I ended up taking a job in um, wellness at an uh, Ahmed clinic, like occupational health and safety clinic in Montgomery County, Maryland, as a wellness manager. And they were just like, okay, yeah, it's public safety, but public safety for them was police, fire, corrections, bus operators, uh, warehouse workers. It was like this long list of people who did have to have fitness for duty, uh, you know, assignments. And um, so fire was the most exciting one to me and the most kind of open one. You know, as soon as I said, hey, CPAT looks cool. Can I take it? They were like, yeah, are you sure? (laughs) Um, So, you know, I've always wanted to be in sports nutrition. I got a master's in sports nutrition. So and then my experience in corporate wellness, that's kind of what fire is. You know, you're not always on the fire ground as much as you guys would love to. (laughs) You're not always on the fire ground, you know going all out, you're not always considered, you're considered those tactical athletes, but there's also that wellness component. So, you know, I actually just got lucky. um, And there aren't really any dietitians in this space quite yet. So, you know, I think it's a really great opportunity to specialize down and make this stuff actually realistic to your career. Yeah, that's true. And honestly, it's like, it's all about removing those barriers between like what sounds good or what is good and the actionable steps. And so, yep. you know, the more, the more complicated you make it, the less likely people are willing to do the thing. So. Absolutely. I so and I think approach. one of those big challenges with that is a lot of health professionals. So I've been doing this since 2017, so five ish years and a lot of health professionals that you see out there, they see your health risks as firefighters and they are scared crapless, <laughs> you know, the right, higher risk yeah. for cancer, the 47% of line of duty deaths are sudden cardiac events, the overweight and obesity that people don't want to talk about, 
you know, and they see those things and they're like, oh my God, this is so bad. We must do something extreme from a diet and fitness standpoint to clean this up. And they end up saying, hey, everybody's got to go vegan. Everybody's got to go vegetarian. Let's do engine two. Like, but they're not reading the room. So you're asking a firefighter to get to a third story window without a ladder. So it's just unrealistic. Um, And you kind of have to meet them where they're at. So that's where I'm coming from is starting at the ground level and just slowly building up um, to where that firefighter can be comfortable long-term. Right. Yeah. It's nice to talk about like the basics in general. So we have, um, you know, a very clear idea of the, of the stuff that on the foundation level are, are absolutely killing us off. Like you mentioned, CAD, obesity, you know, cancer risks are obviously a big deal. Um, but then working one-on-one with people or working with fire departments specifically, it's nice because then you get to kind of hone in on their specific threats, right? Right, right. Well, or also put it into their language, right? Because if I come out and say, hey, so what time do you get off work today? Six o'clock? You know, it's 24-hour shift. Um, It's not, you have to understand what they're doing. And it could be a 24-hour shift or there's a mandatory overtime the next day and they're stuck there for 36 hours. So it's a lot harder if you didn't plan for that 36 hours and now you have to eat fast food. So how, how do we make these things healthier if there are forceful reverse, if you're going to do overtime and plan it, if you're going to do a deployment with urban search and rescue, we need to find ways um, to flex around some of these really unpredictable events that are pretty much predictable <laughs> in the fire service. Yeah. Well, it's true. You know, you say, you say unpredictable, but at the same time, it's like the nature of our job is that, you know, we run on anything and everything. Yeah. And and we we train for all of that stuff um so it's like how why are we not you know quote unquote training when it comes to or preparing when it comes to our nutrition and our health i think that i think you're right on point with that a lot of people don't particularly understand shift work and whenever i explain to them you know oh i'm going on work this weekend or i'm going on duty this weekend they're like oh okay and they do totally expect you or me to be home like at 6 p.m. And they have no concept of the fact that I'll be gone for two days straight. Trying to plan for that is a big headache when it comes to like nutrition and whatnot. But fortunately, we can shop well on duty. You know, we, we plan our meals, we do that. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times that's not the case. And some people need to be able to like bring their food with them. Right. Yeah. And I think you just have to kind of be flexible. And, and sometimes you are going to be stuck at a shift, especially if you're a probie or on that in those younger ranks where you're just going to have to be flexible um, and, and potentially you'll have to bring your own food. Um, and, and, and that's up to you. Uh, the other side of that, too, is if you know that shift isn't going to be the healthiest, what what can you add to that meal? Can you bring the salad? Can you bring some sort of side that would make it a little bit healthier and a little bit better? And a lot of times, if you add things rather than take away, people are a lot more open to that. They might give you a little crap, but you can work around that. It's true. Yeah, it's definitely where culture meets like your your practicality. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some people who are very, you know, health focused, health minded when it comes to diet and exercise. And like even me personally, I bring food with me every time I go to work. 
Now it's right. basically just like a bag of healthy snacks to keep me on the right track while I'm there. Cause I do like a two to one carb load. Right. But, right. um, but at the same time, some people bring their food and then they eat alone. And it's like, this is where culture meets the craft because the culture says you'll eat with the crew. Right. Right. And the craft, sometimes it's like they get offended if you don't eat what they're eating or if you're not eating with them. And I make it a point. I always eat with my crew, even if I'm not eating the same things that they are, but it kind of helps bridge that gap. Um, I want to go back to something you had mentioned talking about the, the practices that are just non-workable and you brought up a good analogy, like asking a firefighter to ladder a building without a ladder. And it's like, uh, we've had people on, on different organizations here that have, that I've worked with who, you know, are on keto or are vegan. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. then when it comes time to perform, they totally have crashed. And this has just been my Mm -hmm. personal experience, things that I've witnessed. And, and we've had guys who were on keto who have collapsed on fires, who wound up needed to be transported. And it's like, I understand what you're trying to do. I understand you're trying to either lean out or maybe like reprogram your body. But at the same time, the demands of this job require that you have a source of energy and, you know, that being carbs. So talk about how you kind of approach, approach that mentality or that those practices. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and in my area, we have some um, health practitioners who are recommending intermittent fasting and potentially even intermittent fasting down to one meal a day, which, Oh boy. Um, if I don't have one meal by like 9 a.m., it's not, I am I'm a civilian, you know, um, someone's going to die. Uh, <laughs> it's not yeah. good. <laughs> so, you know, and, and it's not to say those practices can't work and I can go on a tangent about intermittent fasting if that helps. But, you know, in general, like this job is an explosive, high intensity job when you need it. And the problem is, unlike the athletic population, where they know their game is at 6 p.m., we know we can plan their food around their game at 6 p.m. When you're a firefighter, you don't get to say, hmm, I think a box is going to drop at a, like, maybe 11 a.m. today, so I'm going to plan my food and my workout around that, and it's going to go great. That's not how it works. So if exactly. you're trying to optimize your, ability on the, your abilities on the fire ground from a nutrition standpoint, you kind of have to have more consistent meals that are consistent in carbohydrate intake as well. Uh, If your goal is optimizing your performance on the fire ground. The other side of this too, anecdotally, I've talked to many firefighters where if they get too lean, if they get those six pack abs for the firefighter calendar kind of vibe, you know, they also don't perform very well. And part of the reason they don't perform very well is the probably the length of the, the amount of time they've been cutting their calories to stay that lean. And then they just don't perform as well on that fire ground in those fire ground explosive activities. Um, the other thing I want to note is the higher intensity the activity is, the more you're using carbs as fuel. And it's not like a light switch where a lot of people think I'm either burning fat or I'm either burning carbs. It's kind of like a, um, not, I'm blanking on the word, but you kind of float between the two. You use a higher percentage based on the type of activity. If you're doing a rough, standing at a gas leak, right. kind of just watching things, watching the training, 
you're probably burning more fat. But as you start doing that higher intensity, forcible entry, throwing a ladder, dragging a, a patient, then it's going to be more carbohydrate driven. And if you've already tapped through your glycogen stores in your liver and your muscle, that's where we see people dropping and passing out, not feeling good, hitting a wall. So we actually have to replace that with a quick burning source of carbohydrate, which is sugar. And that gives firefighters all kinds of anxieties. When we talk about Gatorade and we talk about stuff on the canteens and the rehab units, because um, I've I've worked in counties where they really want us to have healthier options on the canteen. And actually we don't want to really call the canteen healthy because the items that are high fiber, high protein that are healthy in your day to day are going to take too long to get to your muscles in a quick fire ground scenario. And I went right. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's good because you brought up a whole other thing about um, the idea of using sugar, and it, it's a perfect kind of segue into what I what I wanted to talk about. Um, so when I wanted to like build muscle personally, you know, I went mm-hmm. through my own fitness journey, and I worked on uh, an ambulance for close to two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked for a fire district who mainly ran ambulances. And, and my diet was just shit. It was just terrible, you know, and, and it wasn't until I saw a picture of myself, I was like, Oh, good Lord. Like I've got to do something. I've got to bring this in. And, uh, that's when I really started my fitness journey, but all of the homework I did, you know, I'm a a peer fitness trainer. I became a nutrition coach and like, I kind of became my own advocate. But one of the things that I really learned and tested out on myself was using this sugar, purposefully right mm-hmm, people mm-hmm, hear the mm-hmm. term sugar and they freak out like you said they just freak out and it's like if i'm using it then it's not a problem it's when i just pack it in and sit in a recliner for 12 hours then it yeah. becomes the problem you know so i remember bringing pop tarts to the gym and <laughs> you know i stacked on a ton of muscle going through this regiment that I had programmed for myself and it worked out, but only because I used it, you know? Right. Well, and and it's about, it's about timing too. And it's about calorie management based on your goals. So I used to do bodybuilding and I'm not, I don't do it anymore because I go crazy on those kinds of diets. Um, But when I did bodybuilding, I had ice cream every night. I would plan it into my calories. I would track it first thing in the morning And I would have that ice cream after dinner because if not, I was going to get really cranky. But, you know, you can also use like maybe not ice cream. That might not be the most feasible option there. Uh, It's not very affordable in that sense. But if you when you don't have the luxury of two hours to eat a meal before a workout or, you know, even a small snack within half hour to an hour. The closer you get to the workout, the closer you get to the training, the closer you get to a burn scenario, we need you to like lower the quality of the type of carbohydrate because fat, fiber, and protein slows gastric emptying. It slows digestion and slowing digestion in that scenario where you need to be ready to go and get sugar or or carbohydrate to your muscles to be able to push longer and push harder then you know, we want to opt for things that are a little bit lower quality, which sounds counterintuitive and completely confuses firefighters because they're like, the dietitian said we could have Skittles before a fire. And that means we can have Skittles while we're sitting down and watching TV later. And 
Yeah. That's not what I said, uh, but sure. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, now Skittles change your DNA, right? So don't eat oh, Skittles. God. Yeah, I can't keep that. Just... <laughs> that's, what they're, that's what they're saying. It's so crazy. It's, it's, it's crazy but, what people yeah, will say to make money it's, at this it's point. It's a tool. Like, like food is a tool. I know. It's just shameful. It's, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's true. Like food is a tool and we have to use it mm-hmm. just like a tool on the fire ground. We have to think of it as a tool, like as a source of fuel and as a tool that we need to use based on what it is we're trying to do. And you'd mentioned bodybuilding mm-hmm. before, and, and I've known several firefighters who, you know, male and female who are into the bodybuilding space and they understand, like they know when they're, when they're competing for a show or when they're, when they're doing something unique in regards to like, you know, figure competitions or strength or whatever, they'll take time off work because they know, well, the the smart ones do anyway, they'll take time off work because they know they will not be ready to perform in a fire. They know they are in such a calorie deficit and that their, their macronutrients are in such a state where they know that their, their goal is to look great, you know, not necessarily feel great or perform great. They want to look great for the competition and they'll win and they'll do great there. And then they come back and then they get back on their track of specific diet that, that supports firefighting. So you're a hundred percent right on point with that. And there is so much confusion out there when it comes to, you know, good food and bad food. And, and it's just like, honestly, I, I don't necessarily think of it as good food and bad food per se, but more Mm -hmm. as like tools to use. Absolutely. Well, and tools and also like sometimes you just need some ice cream, like for your mental health, you know? Um, And I think some of the challenges too, like when we talk about health practitioners, not like, you know, helping people get to where they need to be, you know, a lot of times they also don't realize that firefighters are in a, in a much more challenging space than general population. When you're exposed to trauma, when you're exposed to shift work, when you don't yeah. get any sleep, when it's starting to impact your family life and maybe you're also going through a divorce or you just had a baby, all of those things are significantly harder as a first responder. And it's going to be harder to have the motivation to stay healthy it, for a lot of people. Um, You know, I know for me during my rock bottom, and I was a dietitian at the time, my rock bottom coming out of a bodybuilding competition, I did not eat healthy. It it just, I was done. I was burnt out. So, you know, we have to figure out how to get people back to where they want to be without making it harder on them. Yeah. And and that's where like setting those clear goals, like you had mentioned, comes Mm -hmm. into play. Is your goal to look amazing or to feel amazing? And I understand right. those aren't mutually exclusive, but it is definitely a sliding scale. Yep. You're not going to be walking around with shredded six pack abs and feel great. Like you're going to be hangry a lot. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. And it's also a genetic you're sniffing component. At people. Yeah. So True. like some people, like, for example, for me, I, I've always been leader. My mom's lean. It's, it's easy. It's relatively easy for me to stay lean. I get sleep at night too. But then we talk to other firefighters right. who've always been on the fluffier side. Like they're, They've never had a six pack, but want one. What is the cost going to be for that person to get down to a six pack? It's probably going to be pretty significant um, mentally, physically, socially. Yeah, it's not impossible, but it might be 
very, like you said, yeah. At what, what's the cost that you're willing to pay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. true. So we have, uh, and I'm sure, you know, as well as I do, like as a peer fitness trainer, personally, as a, as a nutrition coach, I always tell my clients that you can't outwork a crap diet. You just cannot do it. And, and you know, as well as I do that this falls on deaf ears a lot because mm-hmm. we're creatures of habit and, you know, the two things firefighters hate are change in the way things are. And so yeah. anytime anything comes in on that, we just, we're kind of at a stalemate. But could you kind of clear up or explain the rationale behind the idea that you cannot outwork your diet and how tightening things up not only will help, but can even change your whole life? I know that's a big question, so, but. Yeah, no, that's a great question. So the way I'm interpreting kind of that question is, I think a lot of times, and again, especially if you go on the internet with our influencers, it's like you see this like perfectly crafted acai bowl that took like seven hours to put together. And it's like, that's what you're like. That is the picture of health. Like that is what I need to strive for. And then they're like, hold up. I don't have the energy to do that, to do all the chopping. I don't have the time and I might not even have the money um, (laughs) to, to, to buy all those items. So again, sometimes the food choices that we see out there that are, you know, the perfect picture of health, um, kind of puts firefighters at a disadvantage and then, and then they put a wall up because they're like, it's too much for me to add into my life right now. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I, I can't do this. So for me to meet firefighters where they're at, it's like, oh, you like wings? Okay, let's try this healthier buffalo chicken wrap that most of the time it's in the crock pot and it takes 20 minutes to wrap 12 of them. So you have a portable option that you could eat in a medic unit if needed on the go. And there's um, a handful of coleslaw veggies rolled up into that wrap. So you get a full serving of vegetables without having to eat it on the side. So it's also about meeting firefighters where they're at with the food choices by giving them healthier recipes or healthy-ish is what I like to call it, that meet their taste preferences, but also meet the nutrition guidelines that I have as a dietitian, which is typically I need to get their fiber up because most firefighters have about 10 grams of fiber a day, and I want them to be at 35 to 38. Uh, protein's usually not an issue, but I usually need to swap that protein to a more leaner option. Yeah, no, that's that's true. And and it's interesting you bring up fiber, because the um, the things that are hitting us the hardest, the risk factors like you know coronary artery disease, obesity, mm-hmm. cancer, all of those risk factors can be fought with a higher fiber diet. Yeah. And the higher fiber diet, which a lot of people forget, is also typically higher in antioxidants, which help clean up free radicals, which, of course, firefighting, pollutants, uh, just general movement, lack of sleep, all of that increase uh, your body's production of free radicals. So antioxidants can help clean those up and prevent some of these diseases like cancer, cardiovascular disease, um, and also help with recovery. But you have to get it from food. Those greens powders you're taking, they might help to a degree, but it, it's not the same as coming from an actual fruit or vegetable, even if it's fresh, frozen, or canned. Yeah, we want to. We want the quick fix, right? The mm-hmm. the powders and the mix and all of that. Yeah, it, and again, it's it's about trying to do the best with where you're at. If that's all you can do right now is do a greens powder and a fiber supplement because you're going through a divorce, you're exhausted, your finances are exhausted, then we'll take it. But like, if you're starting to get a little bit more time back, right. 
you can meal prep, or maybe you even have the funds to, to do a meal prep program, which are typically between seven and $10, then outsource that. And a lot of firefighters forget that they could outsource some of these things. And there are programs that make it a little bit cheaper for them. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of uh, companies out there right now that'll do the prep work for you. Um, yep. I know you can, you can do that through like mail order or like, you know, systems online where you can order the order your food that you want. But there's also a lot of local places now too, that'll, if you go in and you're just like, Hey, can you prep me a week's worth of stuff based on these numbers? They'll totally do it. And mm -hmm. uh, I really think that's super beneficial for, for people like us in the shift workspace in the, in the first responder space. Because like you said, we, we not only have like, actual lives and things that we're dealing with, but we actually, we have, we have jobs like no other, you know, we're, we're seeing mm -hmm. a bunch of stuff that people will go their whole lives without ever seeing. And so it's just like a compound of stress, compound of, you know, emotional issues, mental health, which is, you know, another huge pendulum hitting our guys. But um, the more we can, you know, take those little small steps towards, mitigating or honing in our, our diet, our health in any way, the better. So that's great. And I know you've got, uh, you've got a recipe book that you have available through your social media stuff. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So I have a free recipe book. It's 27 recipes um, for fire station dinners. So it's based off of the parameters that firefighters have told me, at least in, in the DC area, Five to six dollars a head, a head, shifts of six, 10, and 14 firefighters. So you have an ingredients list, a grocery list based on your shift count. Um, half a pound of protein per person. And then there are healthy ish recipes. And if the recipe can be altered to also make it either vegetarian, gluten free, dairy free, because you have one guy or girl on shift who can't do those items, there's a suggestion at the bottom on how you can maybe make that work. Um, the Cajun chicken pasta is really popular. I get a lot of people requesting the orange chicken. So there, you know, I've gotten a good amount of, a, a lot of good feedback on it. Um, I'd love to eventually, you know, grow that further, but right now it's free on my website. You just have to sign up for my email list, which I don't bug people on. And, uh, you get that recipe book. When, when people like, let's say, let's have a listening right now who are like, okay, well, this sounds great. I'm ready to get started. I know that the key is like small actionable steps, mm -hmm. but where would you suggest they start in regards to like their, like what are some of the first steps you would suggest? So I usually am a big proponent of adding. So what can you add in that might maybe kind of push other stuff out? Um, so like really the biggest thing that I need firefighters to do is eat more fruits and vegetables. So I usually, my rule of thumb, if you were going to simplify nutrition down is if you can get a protein and a plant at each meal, you're doing better than 90% of the population. Um, and a plant is a fruit or a vegetable. So if I have a firefighter who's super anti veggies, all right, will you eat an apple? Will you do a fruit cup? What, like, what can we meet in the middle with there? Um, so really, I would just say starting with, can you add one more piece of fruit, one more veggie, and that can be just a larger serving at dinner. It could be adding a handful of green of uh, spinach into your smoothie, which is personally the easiest way for me, or trying one of those wraps where you add a handful of coleslaw veggies. 
Right. Yeah, that's that's a good way to look at it. What can you add? Because <clears throat> I feel like a lot of guys and gals hear, you know, nutrition and they, they talk about or they hear the word diet, quote unquote, and it kind of freaks them out because they're like, oh, here comes the restrictions. Like here comes mm-hmm. I've got to really tighten the belt, you know, f- figuratively and literally. Um, and they feel like they're going to have to remove or eliminate a lot of things out of their life. But I like your approach and how you're you're asking, what can I add? And and naturally, that's going to push out those negative things. That's going to, you know, yeah. if you have a meal, like let's say you have a lunch, you have your protein, and then maybe like a little side salad. Well, you're not going to have the room in your stomach or you're not going to feel hungry anymore to have like the four sugary bars that you want to eat or, you know what I mean? Well, and, and maybe it pulls it down, down to like one. Said, so that's good. So, right. um, yeah. you know, and I've actually, I've had a lot of success with some firefighters where they come to me and they have a huge sweet tooth because of course the, the community's dropping stuff off. Right. So you got all kinds of treats oh, and yes. counters, especially around the holidays. So my role for that, for mm. some of my firefighters is you get one sweet a day. You can have a sweet, but it's only one. So you can pick, right. figure out when you want that thing. So is it in the evening when your emotions are the highest or is there something really good after lunch that you're really looking forward to? So that one sweet a day has actually been really successful for some of my people. Um, I've seen firefighters lose 20 pounds with that um, and they're still getting to enjoy that sweet. Uh, and one of them said, oh, you know, I took my kids to Disney World and there were days when I didn't even have a treat, you know, and you know, usually he would have just blown it out of water. So sometimes you don't have to go as extreme as the internet suggests. And keep in mind when, when companies or people or influencers are telling you, you have to do it this way, typically they're making money off of being sensational. So it, you know, they can twist the research into a way that makes sense for their brand and it makes them really exciting and sexy and all of that. Um, Whereas that works really good, great short term. Typically, people can't last on those programs very long. Yeah, it's true. And uh, I, you brought up the idea that, you know, it feels extreme. And a lot of times these these plans or programs or or people that are brought in, they, they take that extreme approach. And that just scares us off, like, right away. And, and it's mm-hmm. not even because we're firefighters. It's just because we're people, you know. And right. <laughs> just to take such an extreme jump. It's, it's huge. But, uh, I was just talking to a friend of mine who's also, he's a, he's a police officer and he just started reading the book by James Clear, Atomic Habits. Mm -hmm. And in that it's, it's all about the small, like micro steps that you can take to make those long-term big impactful changes. And, And what you said right here about just the one suite a day or moving it from, and my example was even a little bit extreme, like, you know, having the four granola bar and, and versus no granola bars. And you're, and even then you were like, or just one, (laughs) you know, take that small list toward that goal. Well, it's like sodas. Have you ever tried to get someone who is drinking, you know, like seven to 10 sodas a day, regular sodas down to zero sodas in one session? It is physically impossible. It's not going to happen. But if you can get someone down from, yeah, seven to 10 sodas down to one a day over the course of several months, slowly pulling it down, it makes it a lot easier and more manageable 
Um, because a lot of times, especially for soda, they get caffeine and sugar. So when you cut that out entirely, now they also have caffeine withdrawals. So, um, and the sugar also keeps them more awake and they don't have to remember to eat as much. So now they're hungry and they're miserable. So a lot of times, um, and, and I see this a lot with firefighters who are really health conscious. They want to get everybody healthier, but they want it done immediately. And they make these really big extreme jumps for people, but they don't really understand the repercussions of some of the recommendations they're making. So that's why a lot of times it's, it's, if you're really struggling and you've tried everything, like work with a dietitian or a professional who, who knows what they're talking about when it comes to certain populations. So they make recommendations that are more specific to you and your career. Right, exactly. And that's what it's all about, really. I mean, there is no template for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, nutrition coaching and, and being a registered dietitian, I understand that it's literally like a craft science. You have to create a craft basically like create a craft beer for everybody's tastes, right? Right. Like you have to create a specific plan that, and and then even then you have to see how that works. And then you make your tweaks along the way, seeing what works and what doesn't work. So for anybody out there listening, thinking that, you know, there's this one template for everybody, that is just not the case. You're going to have to do some experimentation on your own, on yourself and, and treat yourself like a science experiment, which Basically, when I started my fitness journey, that's how I saw myself. I saw myself as my own Petri dish, you know, my own science experiment that I had to go put things in and test things out and try some hypotheses and all this. When you treat yourself like a science experiment, you're giving yourself flexibility without realizing it. Because I see a lot of firefighters coming to me and they are so uncomfortable. Like they realize they gained 50 pounds over the course of their career almost overnight and they're miserable about it and they want it off now. But the problem is when I make a suggestion and it doesn't work in the first few days, they got to come back to me and we got to work around it. You know, it's kind of a give and take kind of scenario. I can't give you the perfect situation with one consult. It's going to take a couple weeks, at least a month for us to really start to see things moving. Um, so it, there's no professional, even a doctor can't really necessarily diagnose you with a certain condition immediately. Um, they usually, it usually takes some time to pinpoint things down and figure out the medication protocol that works best for you. So yeah, that's a great way to think of it is treating yourself as a science experiment. Yeah, it's true. And then you start to feel like a creature, right? But, <laughs> but it works. I'm telling you. It works. The approach definitely works. All right, here we go. Energy drinks. Let's do it. (laughs) Um, it. Yeah. So energy drinks. Um, It's funny because, so I, I I started my career at Montgomery County Fire Rescue, which is on the, you're looking at a map, the right side of DC um, in Maryland. And now I'm with Fairfax County in Virginia um, full time. And it's, you know, I jumped the river basically. And um, mm-hmm. Montgomery County had 24, 48 shifts. So they were on 24 and they were off 48 hours and they would have a Kelly day somewhere in there um, every month. Fairfax has a tour schedule where they're on, then they're off, they're on, then they're off, they're on, and then they have four days off. But really yeah. they never get that 24 hours between, quite frankly. They actually, like, because they'll get held over. And next thing you know, they get home and it's two o'clock. And if they take a nap, then they're exhausted the next day. 
So that schedule seems to hit our firefighters way worse than the Kelly schedule over in Montgomery County. Um, and energy drinks, uh, you know, I'll I walk totally into the station. Agree. Yeah, and, and I'll walk into a station and they'll, you know, the whole thing is just littered with energy drinks. They're sitting there drinking them. And um, I think it is ex- it's extremely unrealistic to step into a fire station as a health practitioner and say, oh, you guys don't sleep at night? All right, so you shouldn't drink caffeine at all. Caffeine will kill you. And it's like, okay, um, I have to respond to four calls after midnight, lady. And um, if I'm not awake to drive the engine, who's going to do it? You know, um, it's, it's more right. dangerous. So to be realistic, yeah. what I think tends to work number-wise is the FDA recommends 400 milligrams of caffeine per day. 400 milligrams is the equivalent of 32 to 40 ounces of coffee total over the course of the day. Relatively reasonable, depends on the person. Um, The other side of that is if you're not a coffee person, you're the energy drink guy or girl. Energy drinks um, and pre-workouts, I don't recommend them. They are not a healthy option, especially for my people who don't sleep. However, I also know firefighters aren't going to listen to me. So if you're not going to listen to me, then, (laughs) you know, then we want to standard that 400 mark. But we're seeing energy drinks and pre-workouts getting higher and higher and higher in caffeine. So when I first started, Monster was the main one on the market. It was 170 milligrams, 150 milligrams per can. We called it, you know, and and we thought that was bad. But now we've got bang, Celsius heat, rain, 300 milligrams per can. We see pre-workouts that have 460 milligrams per scoop or more. And I also know firefighters have a tendency to do more than one scoop when the first scoop stops working. So why is that an an issue? Well, the main issue is, okay, side effects are not good, right? Heart palpitations, um, anxiety, tremors, um, you know, other heart-related issues, especially if you have pre-existing stuff going on and a significant lack of sleep. Firefighters kind of think, okay, side effects, that won't happen to me. The thing I want you to understand is when you are going well over this 400 milligram mark, especially later in the day, is it's going to impact your sleep. So caffeine has a half-life in most people's systems of five to six hours. So if you have an energy drink with 200 milligrams of caffeine at 4 p.m., you still have 100 milligrams circulating in your system when you try to lay down at 9 p.m. So people will say, okay, well, I can have an energy drink or a coffee and go right to sleep. You can fall asleep mm-hmm. with that amount of caffeine. That caffeine will impact your sleep cycles. So you spend less time in deep sleep. You spend less time in rapid eye movement sleep, those restorative phases. And you wake up the next day feeling tired and cranky and irritable. So what do you reach for more of? Caffeine. Right. So yeah. you have to think about caffeine in that, in that scenario. And I have seen, and I have talked to many firefighters who are like, holy crap, I'm at like 1200 milligrams of caffeine per day. How do I get that down? So um, to get, to start working this down, we don't want to go cold Turkey. Um, one thing you want to note that when you cut caffeine, even small amounts, especially if you're doing significant, you know, 1200 milligrams a day, Cutting out a cup of coffee could give you headaches, fatigue, um, flu-like symptoms. Plus, it can actually worsen your mood 
And that scares me with firefighters and first responders because people who are drinking that much caffeine and getting that little sleep, my concern is you're using that as an upper to pull you out of that low mood. So when I take away that kind of stimulant, how are you going to do mental health wise? So my suggestion is if you think that sounds like you, you probably should be working with a therapist um, to lower that caffeine or at least a dietitian, someone you trust who you can talk to if, if you're struggling with those low moods. Um, so just keep that in mind if you do decide to cut it back. Um, usually my suggestion is to probably not cut out entire products, but go for the lower caffeine option and then lower the serving size. So I've gotten to this sad point in my career where people are pounding bangs. We're going to monsters. <laughs> because it, that gets me down from 300 milligrams of caffeine to 150, 170, but they still get that energy drink, right. you know? So it's a stepwise approach to make it easier, but also try and prevent any potential mental health crisis issues that can come with cutting your caffeine intake. Yeah. Thank you for talking about that because uh, it's, it's so clear to me, like as a paramedic, you know, mm-hmm. someone who knows the body systems, when I went through my nutrition coaching certification, like these things are very blatant to me. And to see how nutrition directly affects your mental health, directly mm-hmm. affects your emotionality, directly affects like your endocrine system, your hormones, and all of that is going to have an effect on your family life, on mm-hmm. your, your professional life. It, it all goes hand in hand and it all works together. So thank you for tying that up how you did. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been pretty amazing. Uh, thank you for this conversation. I love how we kind of bounced around on a bunch of different things. Um, we talked about risk factors. We talked about planning ahead. Um, I love the fact that you offer the, the, the free recipe book. I think that's going to do wonders for for my audience um and then energy drinks right big taboo like i don't drink coffee i don't drink energy drinks and then you know i'm the weirdo in the firehouse Mm -hmm. but at the same time i'll i'll have the people who do kind of come to me to the side and whisper hey hey how how you know what do i need to do to help myself or fix myself and i'm like well let's like like you said let's take these little small steps where we can maybe just cut out one of your energy drinks with a glass of water or lemon water or something. Mm-hmm. But you, you reinforced that idea that, you know, you take these little small steps. And one of the things that I really liked that you talked about was adding something, you know, that that's a really good shift in mentality because when people hear the term diet, they hear restriction and we mm-hmm. don't like to be restricted. That's for sure. Mm-mm. So. <laughs> Yeah. What do you want more uh, of when, where when you need someone to take it away? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Where can people find you on social media? Where's the best place to, to follow you? Yeah. So um, I post daily pretty much on Instagram at rescue.rd. Uh, that also cross posts to Facebook and LinkedIn. Um, and then I also have a website, rescuerd.com. I have a couple free posters up there. And then some some paid meal prep guides. And I also offer virtual nutrition coaching if that's something that people would like to do one-on-one. Perfect. Awesome. And I will uh, put all the links to that in the show notes for anybody listening. 
All you have to do is just scroll down on the episode and click the link and it'll take you right to it. So thank you again, Megan, for, for talking with me today. I know, I know that the audience is going to get a lot out of this and uh, I look forward to connecting in the future. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Man, how great was that? Uh, one of the things that I really appreciated when talking to Megan was her perspective on adding to your diet, not restricting. If you're trying to clean things up, don't start by restricting yourself. Instead, start by adding healthier foods into your diet, like rather than buffalo wings upon buffalo wings, which we all know is typically followed by beer, why not shift to a buffalo chicken wrap with coleslaw or lettuce included? And it, it adds that element of fiber and vegetables in there, right? I was really glad to have this conversation with Megan because not only is she very knowledgeable in what she does, she's incredibly passionate about it as well. So go check out her website, rescuerd.com and get your hands on that free firehouse recipe uh, book that she was talking about. There's some really good recommendations and some uh, things to add to your repertoire at the firehouse. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, if you see a need, own it and take action. Be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be ignited. Be ignited.